My name is Brian Martin and you are listening to episode one of season three of the Running Technique Tips podcast. I'm now joined by my co-host Lisa Biffin via Sydney. Lisa, we've made it to season three. I know. I'm excited. Said, yeah, I know when you said that, I thought that. I was like, wow, it's uh, it's nice to hear that. And I think it'll be a fun season, a fun topic. And, you know, you and I have even got a few uh, events and things that we're going to be doing over this season that we can really get involved in and break them down and Brian's making the return to club competition. Exactly, yes. I have a return to uh, cross-country club running in Ballarat. Did my first race back on the weekend, which was exciting. And, yeah, that's going to mean there's lots of races that I'll be able to talk about over varying types of terrain, varying Mm. distances as well, when you combine the events that are going to be going on in Ballarat locally as well as the ones um, that Athletics Victoria will be putting on around the state. Mm, no, it's going to be really good. And I'm unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately, I think I made a comment last week that I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with cross-country. But given where the Gold Coast Marathon falls this year, uh, I'm sort of going to miss out a bit on actually being a participant for the cross-country events. But I've certainly done enough of them and had a, have had a long history in them and have done a lot of the ones that you're going to do. So I'm pretty excited about chatting about those. Absolutely. And I think while you're probably going to throw all of your chips on the table and really go after that sub three marathon Gold Coast, I'm probably not going to, and I've been giving this a fair bit of thought in the last few weeks, probably not really going to do a marathon build up per se. But what I'm going to do is continue to follow this strategy of doing Um, quite a few races, racing myself fit and really just trying to prepare myself to run well for cross-country and various road races of varying distances, which at some stage during the year will probably include a marathon, but I'm I'm kind of not going to focus on it if that makes sense. No, well, do you know what? Who knows what might happen because you've got that monkey on your back, I suppose, for the marathon. So maybe taking this sort of a kuna matata approach that you've got, you you never know. You you might actually put a really good one on the board. Yes. Uh, well, look, I, I, I kind of feel like I'll I'll probably run better off the off the different style of training and also the significant race hardening that I'll get throughout the course of the the winter season. So yeah, we'll sort of see how that goes. But uh, I'll be following probably a slightly different training pathway than you, which Mm. will be good because it'll give us sort of like two different approaches to compare and contrast as we work our way through the through the season. No, it's going to be good. But why don't you kick off this week and tell us what you've actually done this week now that you've made a return back to the club scene? I'm, I'm keen to hear about it. So lined up for the Eureka and also Wendaree Athletics Club were doing doing an event together. So they're two of the probably the smaller clubs in Ballarat. There's actually four clubs in Ballarat. But they seem to be doing a lot more combined events, which is good because you get to meet a few different people and it also bulks out the fields um, quite a bit. So, yeah, I found myself on the start line of the Eureka Opie Family 3-kilometre championship and, of course, it's at the Ballarat running mecca of Lake Wendaree. Um, <laughs> so the meeting point 
Meeting point was over on Windmill Drive, which is, for those who have done the Athletic Victoria season, they'll know that that's the the kind of the start-finish area for the 15K road race that's held later in the winter season. So we started at one of the kilometre markers there. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you which one it was. Maybe it's about 1,500 metres into the the almost six kilometer Steve Monaghetti track at that point. It's probably either 1.5 or, or two kilometers at that point. We started at that kilometer marker and then the course basically went in a single direction, clockwise direction <laughs> towards MacArthur Street. And it finished at around that kind of MacArthur Street intersection area where MacArthur Street runs into the road that runs around the lake. So yeah, it was basically put your head down and run as hard as you possibly can for 3K in one direction. Um, around mm. Lake Renderee, which was, which is a, it was a, fun, it was actually a fun course. I, I quite enjoyed it, but it was interesting just at the start. I mean, I hadn't been back to the club for a while, so I saw some familiar faces, and there were some faces missing from when I was last running in sort of 2010, probably. Mm, God, big, um, big break. Yeah, it's been a while, but there's also some other faces that were new, and there were some other people that were probably like me who were coming back to the club for various reasons as well that's sort of been away and come back so it was yeah it was a good melting pot of probably the people that have been going year in year out for the last 20 years as well as some returners like me and some new people as well so yeah it was a good mix of participants that were lining up on the start line and I can tell you, you remember the week before when I described doing the park run over in Castle Main and I kind of muscled my way onto the front of the start line? Yep. I can tell you that I didn't, I didn't do that <laughs> for, this, for this event <laughs> because there was a significant number of young lean beans who looked, and look, I've seen some of their results as well, that I knew they would be tearing off at a million miles an hour and would be leaving me well and truly in their dust. So I, I took the second rank on the grid quite happily for the start to this race. And how did you go? Yeah, well, well it was good. Um, it was actually, I ended up running 11.23, which is pretty good progress actually compared to where I've been in the, the 3K time trial and also the 5K races that we talked about in season two. So my my best performance through that season was a 5K of, what did I do? Yeah, so 19.51 was my best 5K time. And this 11.23 is a sort of a significantly better performance than that if you type it into like the VDOT calculator. So yeah, it's a a good step forward um, in terms of, yeah, just demonstrating improved fitness. So yeah, I got out pretty well. I let the the youngsters go. They were super, super speedy over the the first 500 meters and first kilometer. I actually went out pretty well. So my first K split was about four, sorry, 347. And I I was actually finding it a little bit hard to discern what my kind of level of effort was around because I did see that sort of kilometer come up on my watch and I thought that's probably in the about the right range for how well I feel that I'm going but I wasn't probably fully confident in maintaining that pace so um, I did find that I actually in the second kilometer and it's you know it's the curse of the middle stages of any race I just slowed down a little bit so that was a 355 kilometer and after I went through the 2k mark I I reckon I had about 200 meters of just I, I think I was just in that fog where 
kind of lost track of what was going on. So that's probably an indication that effort levels were starting to kind of build up. But once I sort of shook myself out of that, I realized, hey, the finish is not that far away. So I really started pouring on the intensity and managed to pick up a few of the the runners that had burned off at the start in the in the last kilometer um, and had a pretty good finish to the race and the last kilometer was about a 341 which gave me my 11.23 so possibly a little bit left in in the tank on that run but nonetheless pretty happy with that that's that's good progress yeah look that's a huge improvement from your previous time of 12 minutes over the 3k and how much of that do you give credit to a bit of the group effect as well because the last 3k you did was a solo time trial admittedly you're you're a bit fitter than you were then what was it yeah. like having you know people around you and that sort of semi race type of environment yeah, well, look, it definitely was a race environment. I think probably wasn't a huge factor because I found myself running on my own um, for yeah. probably the first two kilometres mm. and I didn't really start picking people up. Uh, maybe I picked someone up in the second kilometre, maybe one runner, but I didn't start sort of picking people up until the last K. So it definitely helped having some people to chase down. So that was helpful, but I didn't really have anyone to sort of run along and pace me per se. So I would say it's probably more to do with the, the additional fitness that I've gained in the intervening time that, that allowed me to do that performance. And yeah, I was particularly happy with that last K because you're getting close to touching a 330 something kilometer at the end of your races. That's getting into the realms of pretty good going for me. So if I can continue to head in that direction where over a 5K kind of distance, I can touch the 330s, I'll be sort of getting back to close to my best times over that distance at least and and it mm. also means that there's then a good a good gap between that 5k type intensity and you know the, the intensity that you would have to run for example in this weekend which is going to be quite a bit slower than that per k and hopefully will make that kind of intensity feel a lot easier as that gap between 5k intensity and say your half marathon and marathon pace um, increases a bit, I guess, on, on the fast end. What, uh, just to remind me and listeners, what is your 3K PB? I don't think we've spoken about that one that much because I actually set that on the way to my 5K PB back in <laughs> yeah. 20, 2010 or whatever it was, uh, 2009 or 2010. Uh, yeah, so it was 10.31 and that was on the way to running 17.42. So, yeah, oh, slowed so it was down in- a bit in those last 2K. It was in the race. It was in a five k yes. race. You said, "Yeah, oh, yes. okay, interesting." Yeah, so that was that was my three k split in that in that race where I ran seventeen forty two. So I ran ten thirty one. Can you claim so, that? So I oh, don't know. I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happened. <laughs> oh, you ran the distance. Okay, fair enough. All right. So ten. What was it? Sorry, ten thirty one. 10.31, yeah, okay. so I'm a little bit away from that, obviously, but, and I, look, I have no idea whether I'm going to have another chance to run another 3K this season. I'd say it would be unlikely unless it's in a relay or something like that. Um, I haven't had a close look at the schedule yet, but maybe we can unpick the season schedule a little bit next week and I can see what, if any, of these shorter distances we've got on the menu Mm, well, actually, one of the things that I do want to talk about when we're going through this um, cross-country and, and road running season, focusing a little bit more on the cross-country is you know, how do you actually go about picking your cross-country races and um, you know, 
planning out a bit of a season because, uh, you know, there's a lot of information out there about road running and, and track running, but uh, even we've done some research ourselves over the last week and there's not a great deal on there of, of how to pull apart a cross-country season. So I'll be mm. keen to chat to you and get your thoughts around that and how you're going to tackle that. And I know that you're not a big plan person, but <laughs> we can we can have a discussion around it. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to do basically what I said I'm going to do and is pretty much try and run as many of those races as possible. And, look, I might not race all of them absolutely flat out 100%, but I'll be giving pretty good effort in all of them. So they will form an important part of my training and I, I think there'd probably be a lot of coaches out there that would approve of that kind of approach, not kind of shirking the races and racing as much as you can and just making sure that you – and the thing I'm going to be really focused on is recovering from those efforts and planning complementary training around those efforts. So that'll be kind of the way that I end up structuring my uh, – not that I'll have a training program because uh, – I think we proved that I don't work well with a structured <laughs> program. So so I'll be winging it, but my principles will be I'll be doing the most of these races at varying intensities. I'll probably pick a couple to really focus on to have a crack at. Then, yeah, I'll just slot in appropriate recovery and, yeah, as I mentioned, complementary training sessions in between race efforts. Mm. Okay. Well, that sounds good. But what did you do in the lead up to? So that was on Saturday. Um, did you have a full week of training last week? Or you still walk running? Where's your training at? <laughs> no, the walk running ended probably about a month ago, I'd say. So that's long, well, not long in the past, but it's definitely in the past. But last week I actually did, I think I mentioned the week before I did a 60K week and last mm. week was again was a 60-kilometre week. So I wanted to get a couple of larger weeks in before doing the Canberra half. So it was a pretty steady and relatively easy week except for the session or the run and the session that I did on Thursday. Initially, I'd planned to do that on a Wednesday, but I think it was one of those life gets in the way scenarios um, on the Wednesday. So I didn't have time or I can't remember. Maybe I just wasn't feeling good enough to go and do it, but ended up doing what was a combined long run and threshold session on Thursday. So I did 92 minutes all told. And I broke that into um, two, well, essentially two main phases. And the, the first phase of that was to run for a little over an hour. So I did nearly 62 minutes at quite an easy, comfortable aerobic pace. So it was probably averaging around 535 to 540 kilometer pace. Um, and my average heart rate through that that block of nearly 62 minutes was only 128. So it was pretty cruisy. But the idea was was to yeah get into that kind of long run endurance zone and then run about 20 minutes or 5K at close to my threshold-ish type, type of pace. So I ended up doing a little over five kilometres, which was almost 23 minutes. And my average heart rate through that block was 156 and the pace was probably 521 to 524-ish kind of pace. So Hang on, pretty, you pretty mean solid. 424? Four, four, four? Oh, sorry, 424. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just I'm having a bit of number dyslexia today. So <laughs> yeah, 421 
to about 4.24 kilometre pace for the um, for the threshold effort. And then I kind of jogged home at the end. So it was basically a warm down of seven and a half minutes. So all told, that run was a nearly 18-kilometre run um, and had that really solid 5K at close to threshold in the middle. Pretty good pace. I like so, that. Yeah, it was good. I, I just I sort of wanted to do something that was fairly specific to the half marathon and I was hoping to do it 10 days out but it ended up being nine days out and look, I, I think that'll probably give me enough time to recover and absorb that training and I've got a good idea of what it's going to feel like towards the back half of that half marathon that we're going well, that we're both going to be doing this weekend so mm. yeah I tried try not to push it too too hard through that threshold section because I'll, I'll know in the in the half that I don't want to be running up to my true anaerobic threshold I want to be a bit under that because there's no way I'll sustain that for for 90 minutes or so but yeah it was a good session gave me a bit of confidence that I was in good shape and probably not too far away from 90 minutes but I mm. don't think I'm quite going to get there and perhaps it's probably in my best interest not to to try and chase that at this stage of the season, given I've got quite a long and interesting and exciting cross-country and road racing season to come. So anyway, that was my week, Lisa, leading up to that 3K. How about you? What were you up to? So I had a planned down week last week and I think I've been talking about how I'm going to go into this next marathon block doing sort of a couple of weeks up and then and one down. And when I talk down, I don't just mean like volume wise, but also intensity. And I just come off doing that mountain run on the Sunday. And even though I hadn't used it as a race, I actually probably didn't give enough credit to just actually how banged up my legs were. And I don't think it was from, you know, the nice rolling sort of hills that I enjoyed, but I think from those little goat tracks where I had to engage different muscles. And even though I walked up and down them, I was obviously bringing and recruiting in muscles that I just don't use that regularly. And uh, so I was a bit, I just felt really sluggish or weak so I don't know if this happens to you and I don't know whether it's a psychological thing but you have your your, your plan down week and maybe you sort of let your guard down a little bit but I felt just yeah really really tired really flat really heavy every time I went for a run so I think it was just a combination of um, the mountain still in my legs and then just allowing myself to I guess have a bit of a relax and recover the week in itself was 57 kilometres all up. I had said that I would run between 50 and 60 and uh, I'd made it to the gym four times. I think I had put that up that I wanted to go one extra day. So that was really good. And uh, the week pretty much was just an easy fartlek on the Tuesday night. And again, that was only two kilometers worth of actual training effort. And the time that I did the fartlek in, I had done it the week before and I was actually nearly a minute slower this week. So I'd really dialed back that intensity. And then the longest run I did for the whole week was only 10Ks. So I did a 10K on the Wednesday and then I did on the Thursday, I actually went to the track and I did four by 400 with a 200 meter jog recovery. And my fours were aiming to be around 90 seconds. And 
again, I actually, I just felt average. Like it, there wasn't really no spring in my legs or no pop. So I was pretty pleased that there was only four of them and I uh, just really sort of ticked a box, got it done and, and went home. And then on Sunday, I had the MS Fun Run, which I had said that I was going down to support. And it was an absolute cracking morning. It was just beautiful weather. I think it was about 26 in Sydney. Again, you know, really well supported and just had a really nice time. I did my long run actually, and that uh, did, uh, it was it was actually a bit, it was meant to be 8Ks. The, the course was a bit long, but it's not it's not a serious, uh, you know, measured fun run. It really is just for a good cause. So jogged around that with some friends and, and that was my long run. As I said, a total of 57 Ks. But I've started to notice a bit of a niggle in my ITB. So that good old runner's knee was sort of rearing its head again. It's back. It's back. And I was getting a little bit nervous because uh, leading into Canberra last year, that's actually what stopped me in my tracks again to try and have a performance race at Canberra. I think I had about three or four days off pre the race and wasn't even sure whether I was going to get around to the finish. So I, I don't know whether I was a bit sensitive because of that as well but I've been sitting for prolonged periods of time at the moment at work I'm uh, the work that I do is either very very intense or we have lulls in in the projects and so I work in mergers and acquisitions and so at the moment I'm in that bit of a lull period and so I'm not um, you know up and meetings and walking around all day I'm, I'm quite sedentary so I'm finding that my hip flexors and my TFL are just getting really tight and agitated and then that affects you know the ITB and then of course the the, the runner's knee so I have been super disciplined probably the last or last week especially and then the last four days I've been doing a lot of release work um, with the like the, those those balls into the hip and then a whole heap of yin stretching again and not so much I guess the ITB but really again like my hip flexors and my quads are quite tight and locked up so uh, a lot of long holds there and actually today is the first day I've woken up and I'm actually feeling like I've had a bit of relief with that so uh, hopefully I'm I'm in the, the positives more than the negative side of that and I've been getting some massage on it again too so yeah down week it was sort of a bit of a downer all up actually. <laughs> Well, I'm going to blame you for infecting my ITB because I, I feel like my, my right, side, right side has given me a little bit of grief in the last few days oh. and I think it's explainable by my increased volume over the last couple of weeks and and also um, doing those doing quite a few couple of intense race efforts and, and, yeah, some more solid training efforts as well. So I've had a couple of days off and in the last couple of days and I haven't been as disciplined as you, as you about doing my stretching and other bits of prehab or rehab, but uh, I may need to get back into that yeah. um, soon. But like you, I'm hitting the gym as much as I can in order to try and recover and regenerate and, yeah, I won't be doing too much that's uh, strenuous before the half marathon on Sunday so I, th I think by then I'll be fine and and even today it's feeling a little bit better for having um, a couple of days off yeah and I think you know sometimes you know I, I am I do think a lot of it is because of the sitting but as I go and and 
flick back across my diary over the first, sorry, the last few weeks. You know, I've had, well, I've had that, that mountain race, which is a little bit different to what I would normally be doing. And I've crept up into that 80 kilometer weeks or really high 70s, which for me is a bit of a danger zone, which is what really set me off last year and have been creeping well, that was up. almost your peak mileage during the marathon, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was. I think I did mid 80s, you know, maybe 84 or 85 as my absolute um, biggest week and then the rest were hovering around that high 70s to 80s so you know th- there's definitely a lot of positive that that's come of this I- I've managed to hit this distance and I haven't completely fallen apart but I think when you've got something that is reoccurring like a reoccurring type of injury I sometimes get it with my planter as well returning back from not doing much and then that, that flares up it You've really got to be quite careful, quite on top of it. And then sometimes those rest days are actually better than trying to force yourself through it. Yeah, but so that was pretty much my last week. But I I know that we don't often go in to talk about the weeks that we're that we're having, but I do want to bring this up because I was just a I just felt awful last week. But it's amazing what having a down week can actually do. Like if you can Put your ego aside and the fact that you, you know, your Strava account might not look as great as the previous weeks. So I did a session yesterday. We we do this 5.3 kilometer fartlek and we do it every year and a few times a year. And last night I did it and felt really comfortable, didn't think much of it and saw my time, went back to have a look at some of my other times. And I've I ran my quickest time that I've ever run over this fartlek. It was a 3.54 kilometer average and for those who don't actually know what a fartlek is, it stands for speed play, but you do efforts over certain distances or you, or you run to certain points and then you have an easy sort of jog period and then you could do another effort. So it's not all out, it's sort of on-off type of work. So to get a 3.54 average, I was absolutely blown away by it and ran 20 seconds. So what quicker. were the segments? Yeah, so they're, they're quite long segments. So the longest is about 950 metres and the shortest is about 350 metres and then you know, ranging in between there and then the recoveries are between 150 to 300 metres. So it's lengthy, but when I went back to look at my splits, I was doing my efforts in sort of between 340 and 345, and it just felt incredibly comfortable. My heart rate, I think, was 134. Just it all just felt really good. So you know, I I really do put that down to obviously I'm I'm quite fit, but you know, having that ability to say right, last week is a down week. It's recovery. Focus on you know the gym and the stretching and all the rest of it, and you know you can bounce back and actually start to produce some some pretty good results. So I'm hoping to continue that momentum and that positive thought uh, into Sunday's race. Yes. Oh, that does give you a bit of positivity and absolutely the down week has delivered for you, Lisa. So I'd say you're uh, shaping up pretty well. And and look, I was amused by the fact that your down week was as many Ks as what my two biggest weeks of the year have been. So. <laughs> well, it's Just all relative, isn't it? Your training is... 
It is. Your training is slightly, well, it's a fair way ahead of mine at the moment, but uh, uh, yes. Look, well, I uh, pat myself on the back when I hit 80Ks and I know that there's a lot of people out there that uh, don't get out of bed for less than 150Ks a week. So, <laughs> oh, I don't know if there's that many. That's a that's big mileage. That is big mileage. I don't think I'll ever actually get there unless I retire from my job and life and just become a full-time runner for a week. But <laughs> Oh, dear. I could do it, but it would be on a bike. (laughs) I don't even like being in a car for 150Ks, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it was interesting you are talking about your fartlek session because, and look, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but that's definitely one of the sessions that I think that I need to add into my program on a regular basis for cross-country running in particular. And look, it's good in general, but just in terms of cross-country, I've been thinking a lot about getting over hills and getting over obstacles and basically being able to recover from strenuous efforts during a race um, and still being able to kind of maintain your form and not completely blow up and and then be able to go again when when the going or the terrain is a little bit more forgiving. So I, th- I think the fartlex type session, particularly over hills, will be one that I'll be looking to add into my program this year. Yeah, and I like fartlek for a whole bunch of reasons. First of all, it's actually my go-to session if I'm travelling and I'm just not in the headspace to you know find either a nice oval or a really pristine place to run because and and also if I'm not in the mood to do something that's particularly measurable because you can literally just run along and either you know run to times or I really enjoy just picking landmarks actually and saying right I'm going to do a hard effort from this lamppost to the letterbox and it can just be a really enjoyable training session without it feeling forced and I often surprise myself by just how quickly you can cover some distances. So my 5K split yesterday in the fart, like I think was 1920, and that's actually the second fastest 5K that I've recorded this the year, this year to date, and it was done in a fartlek trading session in the pitch black. <laughs> so I think there's a lot to be gained from it. Okay, Lisa, so we were planning to talk a little bit about the history of cross-country running, but we've just seemed to have run into all kinds of technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's one of those situations where you being in Australia's largest city in Sydney have by far and away worse internet than I do in Ballarat. <laughs> oh, it's honestly, it's so, it's terrible and it's very, very frustrating. But uh, oh, I've tried to use every uh, technical device that I actually own and it doesn't seem to be working. So uh, anyway. We've almost recorded enough for a show. And so I thought what we do is maybe we just wrap this one up as best we can, perhaps with uh, a little bit of a, a preview of the half marathons that we're going to be running in Canberra. Mm. Have you decided, Lisa, at this point, what your race strategy is going to be? Yeah. And your goal time? I, I have. So. 
All right, I've got two goal times. I'm going to put it out there. So my first goal time is sub 124. And then my second goal time is 122. And the way that I'm going to tackle this is, and I keep sort of throwing around different ideas in my head, but I'm locking down to this strategy we we spoke about uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to start off and I really just want to settle in for the first, especially the first 5Ks. I went back uh, actually this morning to have a look through my race notes after the Gold Coast Half Marathon last year where I ran 127.22 and totally blew up at the 11th or 12th K. Uh, and I, I went out after a four-minute K pace run. And look, I, I probably actually wasn't fit enough, if I'm brutally honest, last year. And I also actually went out in sub four-minute K pace because I went with the pacer who was just, I was miles behind them. So, I've sort of ruined my own race. So I don't want to do that because some of the comments that I wrote in my diary, I started to actually feel how I was feeling in the race. So I don't want to replicate that. So I'm going to have my heart rate watch on Uh, again. This seems to be working really well for me without actually getting the data of the times. Uh, I'm going to sit behind the 125 pacer for the first 5Ks and then I'm going to try and move up if I'm feeling okay to sort of be at the maybe the front of that pack till about 10K. And then I'm hoping that I will feel so totally underdone because I think 125 pace is around 401 or 402. I'm hoping that I can then just completely open up and really run a hard 10K or 11K it really is to the end. So the reason why I say the two times, because if I have an absolute blinder and manage to completely negative split over that last 10, 11K, I could potentially get into that 122 mark. But even if I'm still relatively conservative and only just increased by a little bit, it's around that 124. So that's my plan. I like it. And I think think your strategy of uh, using the heart rate monitor is a good one. And I'm going to take a leaf out of that book as well because although I feel like I'm getting fit enough to be somewhere approaching 90 minutes for the half, I don't think I'm quite there yet. So I think I'll have a heart rate and probably my average pace on my watch face. That's sort of been working for me pretty well in the last couple of races that I've done. And I won't really be looking too much. I'll have the pace on my watch, but I won't be too worried about it in the early stages because I won't be trying to run for 15 or for 16 pace, which is sort of about that 90 minute barrier pace. Um, I think I'll be sort of starting out more at like a a marathon pace intensity, so maybe 4.30s. Um, and then like you, if I'm feeling good later in the race, I think I'll be working down. So not putting a number on it at the moment, but I, I think I'll be, I'll be low 90-something minutes for my Canberra half marathon would be my best guess. And that would be pretty good progress. And mm. hopefully we don't have any wind to <laughs> contend with like we did last year. So far, I think the weather forecast is looking fairly good. Yeah, last year was tough. So yeah, I think it is looking pretty good. So hopefully between both of us having now a solid 12 months, I think last year, 
you were you weren't fit actually, but you still run pretty well. Ninety five minutes for off not a lot, and I was really just on embarking back into becoming fit after a couple of years and a pregnancy. So it's amazing what twelve months can do, and let's hope that that's actually reflected on the result board come Sunday. Yes, indeed. Well, it'll be interesting to see how we go. And the internet has continued to be appalling. So I think we might wrap it up here because I can barely hear what you're saying. So Lisa and I are going to go off and run our half marathons in Canberra and we'll be reporting back on our progress and starting to have a bit of a look at the history of cross-country running and also outlining a few ideas for our training over the next few weeks You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. Catch you next week.